episode 29 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. This is the uh, Glenn Cochran episode. Russ on the telephone today for episode 29. Uh, you can follow Russ on Twitter at Sportsology. You can follow me at Jason Mert. You can follow the podcast at Stick to Hockey Pod. What's going on, Russ? Uh, you know, busy part of the hockey season. It's like it hasn't tailed off. Like I, you know, I always expect it to tail off right around this time, but it's it's staying busy. There's still a lot of headlines. Yeah, there's still a lot of guys, some guys out there. There's still some trades to be had as well, and we'll get into that. Here's what's coming up on uh, uh, the Stick to Hockey podcast this time around. We're going to go through some free agent stuff because obviously there's some big names involved here. We'll go through some potential trade uh, uh, situations. Uh, also, we got a couple of interviews. Uh, we were out at uh, uh, the Flyers development camp, and you had a chance to sit down with Jay O'Brien, so we'll hear from that. We'll hear from Jay. And then also, I had a chance to catch up today with uh, James Van Riemsdyk, the newest flyer. Big signing in Philadelphia. He returns after six years in Toronto. Spent fans three years. Happy. You know why? I'm going to tell you why fans are happy. Because if you had an official jersey, you can bring it back. They'll even bring back the jerseys. Like, people pull these out of the draw, and they're like, oh, they got a second life. They're thrilled about that. Well, yeah, that's, a, that's good savings. If he wears number 21, Scott Lawton's wearing that number now. No, no, no. I heard he already has the number. Oh, he had okay. So he uh, he he let the twenty one go and gave it to the left winger. Okay, yeah, that's what I heard. I don't know. I I didn't hear any details of a transaction, but I heard it's already done. All right. Well, let's let's start off with the big story that everybody was following for a while, and we were all playing this waiting game. It was clogging the NHL, according to a lot of people. But John Tavares uh, finally makes the decision that he's going to go home to where he grew up and signs with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Obviously, an enormous deal. He gets the seven years times eleven. Uh, he got paid. Uh, maybe he left a little money on the table. But uh, talk about this deal, what you thought of it, what it does for the Leafs immediately going forward. Yeah, he definitely left money on the table because David Pagnotta reported that San Jose offered 13 a year. So clearly that was, you know, a lot. But I never thought he was in it just for the money. I, I really thought San Jose was going to be the number one choice because I didn't know if he'd want to tackle the, the media market that he's going to tackle in Toronto and the criticism and everything, but clearly he's up for it. That was my only wondering about signing with the Leafs. If you remember last show, and I've been saying it for weeks now that I thought he was gone, I'm not shocked that he's gone. I think that that was going to happen no matter what. So I just think it's a situation now where you look at it and say, hey, this is, this is pretty great for him because he is going to now be able to show us the kind of skill that he has when he had a chance to play with players in like the World Championships and the Olympics before he hurt his knee. And if everybody remembers back to that, they all said, oh, you know what, John Severus is a lot better than, than we thought he was when we'd watch him on the island. And then, so I think you were going to see an elevated play in John Severus, maybe his best season this year. That looks good for Leafs fans, but I'm happy for him because at the end of the day, hey, this is his childhood dream. He's living it out. Most of the time it works out. We've seen where it doesn't, though, and, you know, I, and the analogy that I had with this deal was uh, Daryl Strawberry, when he was with the Mets, walked away as a free agent with no compensation. The team got nothing, same thing. He went to the Dodgers, and that was a team he always wanted to play for. That didn't work out well, but I think it'll work out better for um, Tavares. And the only reason I bring it up is because uh, there's a lot of Islander fans that are Met fans, so like they remember this. They remember the parallel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, and let's talk about the Islanders because you know they end up getting nothing in return, and perhaps they uh, miscalculated this entire situation from Jump Street with the arena and everything else. And eventually, uh, Lou Lamorello comes in, but can't save the day in this regard. Uh, but does Lou Lamorello now uh, maybe offer sheet a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs at some point? No. Uh, 
no, I don't think there's any. Uh, nobody offers sheets anymore. I, I don't think. I but you know this is a situation with. I, I don't think Lou could have done anything with it. I think it needed to be done two years ago. I blame the Islanders. I blame Garth Snow. Even though ownership may have been up in the air and things were happening, as a GM, you're still working as a GM, and you still needed to lock up your best player. Once you didn't, and it went into the final year, and he said he really didn't want to negotiate the final year and didn't want to be traded, if you went along with that as an organization, then that was it. Like, that was that was the final blow right there. Like, that was where you were sort of leading it into the uh, – into the light there and hoping for the best. So I don't blame Tavares one bit, but offer sheets, they just don't happen in this league. Yeah, it's a rarity. It's an option, but not something that happens very often. Now, uh, by Tavares not going to San Jose, I think that they did. he did San Jose a favor, $13 million. Uh, John Tavares, really good player, great player. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be worth that kind of money uh, in a seven-year term. That being said, uh, the Islanders here, they do have cap space well, Actually, now. I'm going to hold it there for a sec. So with San Jose not spending the 13, they quickly re-signed Joe Thornton for five. Was that any better? Well, I mean, not that Thornton's going to be a better player long term, and, and the five still seems like a lot for Joe Thornton at this age. You know, I mean, but uh, you know, and you'd think he'd take the hometown discount because his worth to that team is much higher than it is anybody else, and maybe his agent and he both knew that being yeah, left I mean, out the in the beard, cold. The beard's getting pretty gray on Joe, and he's coming off a knee injury, and you know, I five. Five is a lot. Yeah. I know it's only one year, but I'm just saying. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, let's move on to a couple of the other uh, big signings that happened around the NHL. Obviously, uh, Stastny was a guy out there that was a chip to follow Tavares. Uh, he gets signed and uh, uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights, and now he's off the board. Is that a good fit for Stastny in uh, Vegas? Yeah, I think so. Pro's I, pro? Well, he's a pro's pro. Uh, he, he took less term than James Neal wanted, and I think that was something they were looking for. He'll teach other guys. He's great on faceoff still. He's very good defensively. His offense is, is declining, though, and it's been in decline. So that's why three years you could live with it. I, I think he'll do well there. He'll like the change. I think, that, you know, it's a good fit. I'm not particularly high on the player anymore, but I see the worth in him. So, yeah, this is, this is a good sign. And this shows you the kind of GM now that George McPhee is because, we're going to talk about James Neal, and as much as he loved him, it got a little too rich for his blood because he realizes, hey, even though his team made it to the Stanley Cup, he will still have to reset this team and include a lot of youngsters in, in the next two to three years. So based on that, he doesn't want to sign anybody that long term because he's got some, some studs on the way, and why get close to capping yourself out at this point. Yeah, one of, the, one of the things that a lot of uh, NHL general managers are envious of is the lack of long-term commitment that Vegas has. Right. And they'd love to have that, and you certainly don't want to put yourself in that position. But let's talk about James Neal. He ends up at uh, Calgary. Uh, as they pick him up, they sign him to a deal. Uh, he'll, he'll bring his goals with him. He brings him everywhere he goes. Uh, how's that fit uh, with Calgary? Is that a team that did themselves some favors here in the last couple of days? Yeah, I mean, he's a character guy. He's definitely good in the room. I think he'll look good with Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monaghan. He certainly could score 25 goals with them. I, I don't know if he gets beyond, you know, 60 points. I mean, I think he had 47, something like that this year. He's never getting to 81 again, right, like no. he had in Pittsburgh. So, but at the end of the day, it's a decent signing. It's a little bit more term that I would like to give a player like him. But he had a little bit of a resurgence in Vegas, and 
boy, Calgary's desperate. I mean, they are. I mean, there's just no way around it. They need a little spark on that team. They've made some changes. Last year, I thought they could have been a team that got to the conference final. Now I'm not sure they're even that, but they're more on their way back to that than they are further away from it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, big signing in Philadelphia. We alluded to it. He'll be on the show uh, coming up in just a bit. James Van Riemsdyk, last six years with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and over that time there, per 82 games, he averaged 30 and a half goals a season, 36 last year, 11 on the power play, 20 power play points. Talk about this signing, because you and I talked about it last week. Uh, we were nervous about term and rate here yep. when it came to James Van Riemsdyk. He gets five years, seven mil per, 35 uh, for the contract, no no-movement clause attached to it. It looks uh, like it's a little front-loaded uh, with the salary as well. Yeah, I think he um, he left money on the table, too, to come back, and I think that's why this deal works. We were a little nervous. We talked about his 5-on-5 play, but, you know, he's a power play stud. He's still a guy that's going to score 30 goals. He's Claude Giroux's favorite pigeon. Like, all those things fit very well. Well, the one thing with him, too, is does his arrival, this has been a big question, signify the end of Wayne Simmons as a Philadelphia Flyer? Because uh, you're going to have to put him on that power play one, no? Yeah, I don't think it signifies the end. I think it puts more pressure on Simmons to lower his term. I think if Simmons lowers his term, they'll figure it out. I mean, you know, worst case, case scenario is you could put Nolan Patrick on the second power play and figure it out later. I don't think he's going to be that upset. I just think he found the spot when, when Simmons got hurt. I don't think it's a guarantee that he stays in that spot. Yeah, to me it makes more sense to put uh, James Van Riemsdyk in that down-low position on power play one and put Nolan Patrick as the uh, quarterback, if you will, on the yeah. half wall on, on power play two. Yeah, I, and, that's, and if they do that, boy, how much better are they? I mean, there's no question. But again... When we go back to talking about the Flyers, if they're going to increase their goals by, you know, 0.75 to 1.2 a game, they got to figure out how to give up one point something less a game, too. Yeah, that's a big thing. And they didn't do anything at this point to bolster their defense under no. other than uh, developing talent. Right. So that's the other part of this is what are they going to do? Like, they have to do something else. And it seems like the Calvin DeHaan sweepstakes are getting a little too rich in term for them because he's going to get four to five years. I don't think they want to do that because they know they have some youngsters on the way. So they need a short-term solution on defense. Uh, I don't think <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it, or we can get into it now with Slava Voinov. I don't think they're going to do that. Well, that's a bad PR move. But somebody's going to do it. I yeah. mean, look, back in the day, I go back to uh, I was covering the Rangers when Billy Tibbetts went through there. The Flyers had Billy Tibbetts for a while. I think both those – Franchises have changed, and neither one of them would take them. We know that the Kings are going to trade them, but I think there's other teams that would want them. I think the Islanders might give that a shot. I think the uh, the Florida Panthers might give that a shot, and I think there's a few others. I mean, the Vegas fact of the matter is, is he can play. He can play, and Vegas might give that a shot. Like, yeah, no, you know, you're absolutely one. right. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's a terrible situation because we're not. I'm not in favor of it. But I looked it up yesterday when I was at development camp, and, you know, he spent 90 days in jail. Forty-five of them were good behavior because nothing happened. That's what enabled all this to happen, which is, you know, I, I can't fight the legal system. I, I'm not even smart enough to, to be able to uphold it. I just don't get in trouble. That's all. Yeah, yeah, you don't put yourself in the legal system. No. One of the other teams that's been pretty active is St. Louis Blues. Uh, they signed Perondo a four-year, $16 million deal. They get Tyler Bozak on a three-year, $15 million deal. Uh, and they, Chad Johnson is the backup goaltender, but they also traded for Ryan O'Reilly. And what was a pretty big package, uh, what they're doing, really getting strong up the middle. Yeah, they definitely got strong up the middle. 
it seems like Perron's post-concussion days are over. If that's the case, this is a good signing. If not, it's a horrible signing. So they rolled the dice on that. They did give up a guy like Tage Thompson, who I do really like, and, and they gave up some picks. You know, this is the, the kind of deal where, on the surface, it looks like Buffalo gets a haul, right? It looks amazing. But, again, it all depends how Buffalo drafts, how Thompson fits in their system. Buffalo didn't want to give Ryan O'Reilly that bonus, right? They had until the evening of that day of July 1st to trade him, and they did. And so they got value for him. On the St. Louis side, they saved 775000 in cap space, which, considering all the players that went, Berglund, Savoka, all these things, you wouldn't have thought that was possible, but it was possible. Yeah, taking on a big contract, and they actually taking saved money. Taking on a big contract. So if we forget about— And upgraded. And upgraded. If we forget about O'Reilly you know, off the ice— on the ice, he's still a pretty effective player, and, and he's definitely excellent defensively. He's great on faceoffs, and he still will get you 55, 60 points. There will be a year he won't. Like, there's definitely he's not the fastest skater, but right now he's fine. So it, it did help both teams, and even though the, the inclination is to say the Sabres won this deal, they still may not have. But the Sabres did what they wanted to do, so they're happy, so everybody's happy. Now this is one where you have to sit back and wait. Yeah. Well, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they've uh, got, been a little busy, as they always are. And, you know, Steve Eiserman is one of those guys, when he says, uh, hey, we're, we're looking to bring a guy back, they usually do. And mm-hmm. he did it exactly that once again. J.T. Miller gets the contract there. They shore up the defense again. Are they out of the Carlson uh, conversation? Yeah. The, the money they spent, was it 6.75 on McDonough? I think they're out of it. Uh, the interesting thing about it is there, were, there was a lot of – Ranger fan blowback on the McDonough contract. Like, oh, we're glad Tampa did this because, you know, Rangers aren't doing these contracts anymore. And it's like, they're just not doing them today. Yeah, They'll get back to doing contracts like that. It's just not today. For all we know, in three years, Brady Shea will get that contract. Like, it's just, you can never, ever say that that's not going to happen. But do I think this contract was good for McDonough and Tampa? I do. I I. I mean, even Doug McClain had said apparently on, on Sportsnet on the midday show that he think on, on the trade deadline show that he didn't think Ryan McDonough was a good skater. Like, people were quoting him on, on Twitter on that, and I was just like, that's just dumb. Like, that's just not even, you're not even paying attention. Like, you're not using your eyes. He was injured last year. So, was there a point in the playoffs where that maybe was true? Sure when he was limping around at the very end. But at the end of the day, this guy can play. He's a top pair in D-man. They secured that. You know Braden Coburn's not long for that team. So it was smart for them to retain him. They got Sergachev in a trade. Like, they're doing pretty good. Slater Cuckoo could walk into that lineup. Jake Dotchin could still walk into that lineup. Tampa's still really good. Eiserman's done a very good job just sort of reshuffling things, shoring up for the future drafting well, and player development. Like, they're, everything's working well for them except winning a cup. Like that's, so you have to think that they're, they're getting closer each year. Yeah, when you have Hebbin and now you, you, know, you get Sergachev in that deal for Drouin last year, yeah. and, and now you, you shore that up. They're a team that's in good shape both currently and long-term. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a couple of the uh, potential trade uh, people. Out there. Or Before we get to that real quick, Dowdy. Uh, he signs the deal. They, they, the Kings didn't waste any time. Nope. They saw what happened with Tavares. They're going, we're not going through this. Uh, they lock up their man. They give him what he wants. He got paid. Everybody's happy. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing because, like, a couple of years ago, everybody goes, oh, look at the free agent class of 2019 is going to be for a defenseman. And it's like, who's left? 
Is there anybody left? Yeah. <laughs> everybody everybody got re-signed. Yeah, because if you were on that list of being a, a target, you got re-signed because the, the teams know the value of what you bring to the table. Right, right. And so I never expected Dowdy to get out there. I know how highly the Kings think of him. Their GM is a is a former great defenseman. Like, what were the odds that he was getting out into the market? Zero. I mean, unless he were to ask for like 12 and a half, it wasn't going to happen. So this was smart for both sides. I think Drew Dowdy, believe it or not, I can't call him underrated, right, because we all think he's great. Phenomenal. But I do think there is a, an underrated part of his game, like the amount of minutes that, that just gets loaded up on this guy. Uh, it reminds me of Brian Leach. Brian Leach you could just load minutes up on, and he would just keep ticking and did it for a lot of years. And I think Dowdy's that same kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's just a good situation all around there uh, to keep Dowdy in place. They are an aging team. We know that they added Kovalchuk, a lot of over 30-year-old players with a lot of years left on big contracts. We'll see how that plans out, plays out for them long term. But right now, uh, they're worried about trying to get back into that cup mix. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, Carlson. Obviously, he's the big target. He's out there. He's available. The uh, Ottawa Senators did offer him an extension, which did not get signed. Uh, they all also granted teams to talk to Eric Carlson's representation about an extension. Who makes sense here to uh, get into those conversations for Carlson that can, A, offer a package that would be palatable for Ottawa to part with him, take on Bobby Ryan, most uh, most likely, and also sign him long-term? Yeah, so you're talking about taking on a fair amount of money, and you'll send a little back in return. They'll take some back in return. They know that. Uh, New Jersey Devils. I think the Devils, you know, while Josh Harris was busy trying to land LeBron James for the Sixers, what did the Devils do? They, they signed a lot of middling guys, you know, guys really for, for the uh, AHL. Now that Josh Harris is sort of back. In the building. <laughs> in the building, so to speak. Uh, he might want to make a splash with the Devils. And I think uh, that's something that could happen for them. Vancouver Canucks, there's still a lot of cap space there. I mean, they lost the Sedins. They do need help on defense. Could they do that? I know the hardened Vancouver fans and media don't want that to happen because they like the youth movement and everything else, but Vancouver's never shown that they're going to go with a youth movement. Like, they never have. They've sort of mixed it in and tried to just do it, like, on the fly each year. And so I kind of think right now, if you look at the Canucks right now, most fans are excited about Besser returning and what they could see out of Thatcher Demko, but there's no great star power there. And so you do kind of wonder if they would go after the star power, and I think uh, staying in Canada would make Carlson and his family happy. I think there's a fit there. Uh, I'm also going to hold Bobby Ryan to his word, who told me a long time ago, and, and, and not that long, maybe like three, four years ago, when he, I think it was when he got off the plane from Anaheim into Philly and said how he hates the East Coast humidity. So based on that, I think he's going to stay somewhere on the... He would know something about it growing up around these parts. Yeah, but he thinks the king of pizza is good pizza, too, and it's not. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What about Vegas? Are they a player here? Yeah, I think Vegas is a player as well. They almost had a deal at the deadline. Yeah, they almost had a deal at the deadline, and they have a guy named Eric Branstrom, who they drafted in the first round a couple years ago, who could be a nice piece going back. I think that's fine. They definitely could swallow the Ryan contract. And, look, Ryan's still a pretty good player. I mean, he's still going to score you 25, 30 goals. The problem is it's at 7.2 a year for the next three years. That's what you don't like about the Bobby Ryan contract. I'd like him otherwise. He's just obscenely overpaid. But somebody like Vegas can do that, and if they do that, they're right back in the the hunt, right? So 
Yeah, I think I think they are going to look at that. Uh, let's talk about the Flyers and Carlson. Uh, they certainly have the assets they could send to Ottawa. Uh, they have the uh, prospects, picks, and young players uh, that aren't going to cost a lot of money currently to send there. Uh, what would a, a trade look like to acquire Carlson for the Flyers? You know, I that seems like a home grade. If you're or... taking Bobby Ryan, too, by the way. Right, 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 which is dubious just mentioning Bobby Ryan playing with the Flyers because he used to practice with the team and he's from Cherry Hill. And like, so that's like, that's, that's like a magnet, right? Like the minute you mention Bobby Ryan and the Flyers, there's like all this extra attention that comes. But it seems like a Holmgren era kind of move. And no, no disrespect to Paul, but that's sort of the, the mode the team was in now. Ron Hextall doesn't seem to be in that mode. You know, Ron Hextall actually kind of reminds you of like, you know, your, your grandfather with the, uh, with the bank book and he looks at it every couple of days and, and is calculating the interest and doesn't want to give up a lot and doesn't want to spend a lot. And, and I think he, he took on JVR because it was the right price and it fit in well. But I don't think he would look at this and say, well, I'm going to have to give you know, Eric Carlson seven years, let's say it's $77 million, something like that. I don't think he's going to do that. I think he, he knows he's going to have to sign Ivan Provorov long term. And so if you do this with Carlson, and then you're going to have to give Gossespierre another contract down the road and Provorov – and when you, you know, and then when you start looking at things, and all of a sudden the Voracek contract doesn't look so good, I don't think it's something the Flyers should get into. Yeah. Well, the one thing that we do know in the city of Philadelphia with the uh, other three teams, Eagles uh, won the Super Bowl, the Sixers with a couple of star players, uh, and the Phillies on the rise, the Flyers certainly want to remain relevant. And adding a guy like Earl Carlson would put butts in the seats and put eyes on the television and ears on the radio. No doubt about it, that. It, it would, but I think... I think adding Van Riemsdyk sort of keeps the Barbarians back at the gate enough. Mm-hmm. And I think it does that, and it gives Hextall one more year for a little more development, you know, for Hart, for Myers, for guys like that. You know, Myers maybe comes up half season. He was amazing in, in, uh, in camp, and so he had a great dev camp. He looks good. He, we sat in front of him. This guy, you know, Oof. he has put on so much muscle in the last year and a half. It's crazy. And so I think I think they're just they're doing the right thing, and I don't know what is it about fans. They trusted the process with the Sixers, but they don't seem to trust it with the Flyers. Is that right? Well, yeah, I think. And but here's the thing: they saw it with the Sixers, and they think that well, they tanked and they got these elite players. You can do that in the NHL. It doesn't work that way in the NHL. Look at a team like uh, Edmonton. Uh, they, have, in essence. They didn't do it purposely, uh, as outwardly as the Sixers did, and tanked and had all those top-of-the-draft lottery picks, and they didn't make the playoffs last year. And they perhaps have the most dynamic player in the game. One player in the NBA means a lot more than one player in the NHL. But what if the Flyers drafted one of the five best goalies in the future? And Carter Hart. But they may have. But the problem is, is they, again, they see that the Sixers, those guys come right from their draft class and play. In the NHL, you got to develop. So, sure. you know, a lot of times I don't think people understand that. You know, I, I keep pointing it out, Russ. A guy like Marc Andre Fleury, taking number one overall, uh, he played 66 games. Uh, or yeah. 77 games, rather, in the AHL after yeah. four years of junior. Matt Murray, 66 games in the AHL. Yeah. Very few guys make that. Carey Price did it, and if the Canadians could go back, they probably wouldn't do it the same way again. No, they wouldn't, and and really nobody wants to do it that way now. And I think Ron Hextel being a former goalie doesn't want to do it that way now either. So I, I think everybody's doing it the right way. Fans are just going to have to chill a little longer. I know, look, it's easy for me to say, 
But I think you could look – if you showed up at dev camp, I think you saw a lot. Yeah. And I think that may be enough to sort of placate you for another year. It should be. It would, it would do that for me if I was just a fan. Yeah, they wrapped up the three-on-three portion at the Flyers development camp, uh, I think yesterday, I guess it was, yeah. uh, on Monday. Uh, what did you see in that uh, three-on-three uh, ex- exhibition down there? I uh, saw a lot of video. Morgan Frost uh, really yeah. uh, dazzling. And uh, what did you see out of the, uh, the, of the prospects? Well, I did put up a full report on sportsology.com, but here's the highlights. Now, I didn't write anything about the goalies. Now, it doesn't mean Carter Hart didn't make some great saves, because he did. But the goalies were sort of rotating, and they weren't, they weren't on a specific team until the end. And to be fair, on half ice like that, and you being it's a hard, yeah. goalie, it's the worst thing for a goalie. The reaction time is barely there. So it's really a game set up for offense. It's not even a game really set up for defensemen. You could make a defensive play, but... You know, again, it's all counter rush. It's all counter rush. So when you look at it, Morgan Frost did look great. And Morgan Frost has, I thought, the best wrist shot in camp. And and it's definitely gained some. And we saw when he was shooting off the uh, tee that he had a little more mustard on it, I felt like, than last year. And so I, I, I was really impressed with that. Joel Farabee showed so much to me. I hope it got written about. I mean, I certainly did. He. Again, I, I was sitting next to Sam Carcitti, and Sam was shocked when Farabee picked um, Morgan Frost's pocket, but I wasn't. And I was like, this is something Farabee does once or twice a game and either gets a goal or gets offensive chances besides being fast and besides being very slippery on offense. And you never know whether he's shooting a wrist shot or he's going to go top shelf on a backhand. Or, and that's the thing, the, the, the slipperiness of, of the way he is around the, uh, the circle is great, you know, Hextall called it a deceptiveness. That's true, too. All of that, but his hands were great. And, and that was something that, that really, really shined. So I, and you know what? And, and Maxime Shushko, I think, did great. I don't think enough people are talking about him. I am going to work on a feature on him. So when I do that, I'll be highlighting some of the things. But he, you know, he had eight points in the World Juniors last year. It was a lousy team. They got relegated. It wasn't his fault. He was one of the, one of the better players in the tournament for a while. So... I thought he did great in this, but I think, unfortunately, he gets overshadowed. Pascal LaBerge had, you know, multiple goals in situations. It's great to see him. Even though he was recovered from the, from the concussion last year, two years out now, it's sort of like, and I don't, it's, I'm not making a comparison because you know I don't make comparisons, but when we see players come back from bad concussion situations like a Crosby or whatever, it usually does take a couple years after to start seeing like the old player and we all started seeing that Pascal LaBerge where the, the shot's great and the stick handling and the eye-hand coordination is fantastic. So, you know, he was another guy that looked really, really good. Uh, Jay O'Brien, let's talk about him before we and play the interview. Yeah. Uh, the other first-round pick for the Flyers at 19th overall. What you, would you think of his uh, first development camp? Yeah, I, I really liked his um, acceleration. I think that showed in a three-on-three where he could just all of a sudden out of nowhere just, you know, get the puck and just zoom past a guy and move past him and then really bury a, a pretty underrated wrist shot. And so he, he looked good. His hustle is always great. He, he will, I think, have a little bit of a physical nature in his game down the line, but right now he's not afraid to sort of mix it up to, to get into the offensive zone. I saw a lot out of Joe O'Brien. I've been seeing more and more every day in camp out of him. Like I think he was one of the guys that – 
just improved so much from the start of camp to the end of camp. Yeah, hey, watching him skate, he floats. Oh, yeah? No question about it. Well, you had a chance to catch up with him at development camp. Here's Russ with Jay O'Brien. Since the draft, has it been sort of a whirlwind for you? Yeah, it really has, but... Uh... I mean, the only time I really got to relax was kind of on the plane and put my phone away and just listen to some music and, and just kind of really think about everything. And I mean, I'm just so grateful to be in this position. I, you know, so many teammates, so many family, so many friends, you know, that I, I've been thinking about along, you know, the last couple of weeks and just very thankful to be here. But yeah, it's been a whirlwind, but a good one. Uh, I mean, I couldn't, couldn't be more excited to be here in Philly. You know, one of your teammates here, you played within the All-American Prospects game, same team. Did you ever think you are going to get drafted? on the same no uh it's pretty cool especially with with joel we we're we're pretty good friends and and we're actually rooming here together so um yeah it's just it's pretty pretty crazy how that works so it's i mean being a flyer and and being a flyer with joel is pretty cool so what's the difference with prep school games and then you come into a camp like this and you see some of the you know a little bit more seasoned pros yeah yeah I, i guess it's just more of the maturity uh you know, I, I don't think on the ice I feel the same. I, I play the same wherever I go. I guess it's just more of a bigger, stronger guys. But that's something uh, I knew was going to happen, and um, you know, it doesn't doesn't phase me whatsoever. So I'm just going to play my game and have fun with these guys because they're all they're all good people and they're all here for a reason. Now, were you surprised when the Flyers called your name? Was there a bit of shock? Or... Um, you know, maybe a little because I guess they drafted a a forward and I didn't know if they were going to want to take another forward. But um, you know, maybe just a little bit, but. Uh, I built a good relationship with them. I, I knew they liked me, and I liked them. And, um, and when it happened, it was just it was an unbelievable feeling. It was crazy. Did your last summer's training sort of set up this year for you? Because it's been a pretty successful year. Yeah, yeah. I, I work out at EPS with uh, Brian McDonough um, and Corey Higgins, so uh, they do an unbelievable job. I mean, a bunch of NHL guys. I know Jordan Wheel from from Philly's Philly's there, and um, they just do a great job developing guys, just nutrition and all that type of thing. And um, yeah. A lot of credit goes to them. What are you doing now this summer to set up for next year? Uh, same type of thing. I'm actually going to be at Providence for. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be there right when I get back, taking some classes, and I'm working out there and living there, and just kind of getting a feel for for, the, for everything, and um, getting to know some of the guys early. And um, I'll be there just in July, and then in August I'll be back at, at EPS. So um, it's going to be a good summer for sure. And what's like a hidden talent that maybe we don't know about you yet? Whether you you know you could sing, you could dance, uh, play musical instruments. I actually like to surf a lot. I surf, surf. yeah. Okay. Every summer I, I, you know, go to the Cape and um, and surf. And um, How so, long have you been doing that? Uh, like three or four years. Just kind of started with wakeboarding and then wakeboarding and, and scurfing. I guess it's when you get pulled by the boat and you, you surf on the back of it. So just stuff like that to try to kind of get away from hockey a little bit and have some fun with my buddies and my little brother and sister and my dad and mom so um you know it's it's a fun thing to do for sure do you ever watch any of those youtube videos with some of those big pipelines and oh yeah you do yeah i I don't know why it just it it amazes me i don't know it's just something i got into it's a little weird i know but no no it's a a cool thing like i I can imagine if someday you'll go to hawaii maybe yeah yeah, maybe after on a grand scale after you've done playing yeah yeah yeah. so yeah yeah i won't tell the flyers (laughs) thanks 
Thanks. Good luck this year. Yeah, thanks. All right, there it is. Uh, Russ Cohen with uh, Flyers prospect Jay O'Brien development camp this weekend. It wraps up, and uh, players will begin their preparations for the 2018 training camp uh, coming up in September. Uh, Russ, quick question for you. Uh, Any teams stick out to you that really improved themselves over the draft period uh, and free agency for this coming season? A couple of them that pop right to the front of your mind. You say, well, this is a team that's going to be a lot better this year. Mm, that's a good one. I, I I think the Detroit Red Wings can't help but be better because I, I think Zadina is going to have a chance to uh, to get in the lineup. And, and I think they even bringing Mike Green back was at least something that they needed to do. So Is that a team it, that can get back in the playoff mix, though, especially no, in that Atlantic division? Mm, I don't think so, but I think they could be more competitive. And I think, you know, another um, – Another year of Anthony Mantha. I think he's only going to get better. Nyquist is on the last year of his deal, so he has to play well. They might end up, you know, dealing him, but but he has to play well. So I think I think there's a little bit of a little bit of uptick there. I Obviously, the, Toronto's a team that's going to. Yeah, <laughs> Toronto's obvious. I mean, that, St. Louis. I'm, but here's the thing about Toronto. I am not picking Toronto to make it to the Stanley Cup because they still have problems on defense. Now, Lou is gone. So everybody's sort of like, well, you know, Lou didn't get the job done getting you know, their right-hand defenseman, a, a top guy. And, well, Brandon Shanahan hasn't either since he's been there. I mean, Ron Hainsey was sort of like that, that, that patch. Yeah, so band-aid. until they do that, that may prevent them from, from getting to the Stanley Cup. So, but I think, you know, are they a lot better? Sure. They're definitely a lot better. They definitely can get into, you know, deep into the playoffs. I, you know, beyond that, I don't want to say this because it's what anger fans, but – you know, Pittsburgh Penguins did get better. They did. They bring Cullen back, too. Yeah, they got Cullen. They, they got Jack Johnson. Like, that does help them a lot. Healthy goaltending, the way their team is, they're still in it. I yeah. mean, they'll they be a little barely, more well rested for this season as well. More well rested. They barely got eliminated, so they're, they're clearly uh, still in the thick of it. I think those are. Those are some key teams right off the top of my head. Uh, what about a couple St. Louis, of... I think St. Louis is at ground zero. I'm not sure they're any better. You could tell me they're better up the middle, and I'll say, okay. But that's, you know, I don't know if it's enough. Yeah, they were the best team in the NHL for the first 30 games last year, and then they just right. dropped off, and, you know, obviously they traded Stasny, and uh, we know how that ended for them. Look, the Mets were 11-1 and one in April. Yeah, and now they have 24 wins or 25 wins. Uh, real quick, too, any teams that stick out that took a step backwards? Uh, you know, you look at teams maybe like the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they didn't. Uh, they had the third pick, and we like their pick. But are they a team that's going to be a better hockey team coming this season? I'm still waiting to see, you know, if they change Pacioretty and they get a lot for him. Maybe they can improve a little bit. Carey Price certainly could play better than he did last year. Their defense could play better. I'd like to think they're a little bit better. I, I mean, I, I think the Carolina Hurricanes have taken a step back, to be honest. I, I, I do, just, too. I, I don't feel like they've done anything to improve their team. They may have improved their long-term cap situation. Not that it was a big problem. It really wasn't. But I don't think they've improved themselves greatly, so I think they're still you know, going to have issues in net. Uh so we'll we'll see about that. I, you know, look, I think the Sabers will improve, but I don't think they're a playoff team. So they didn't take a step back. At least, I, you know, the Ottawa Senators took a step back. Yeah. Are they the worst team in the league? No, no, I don't think they're the worst team in the league. And Craig Anderson's still there as we're doing this show. Is it possible that when we do the next show, he's not there? No, it's not impossible. So that one's going to be a a tough one to to sort of see. You know, unfortunately, like in the NHL, it's hard to get out of like. Like last year, the Leafs were in this kind of gully where 
You're good enough to be in the playoffs, but you're not good enough to get out of the first round. There's a lot of teams like that. Yeah, especially with the playoff structure. Yeah. Uh, Washington Capitals, they're the defending Stanley Cup champions. I think they're still drinking. I think Alex Ovechkin's got the cup over at the World Cup right now. We've seen a lot of the Russian players over there celebrating. uh, Kovalchuk, uh, Malkin, and, of course, Ovechkin. The party continues. you expect a step back in the regular season for that team? I think in the first, you know, maybe 10 games, there'll be a little bit of a step back because of the uh, blowover from the championship. But then I think things will get down to business, and I think they'll still be pretty good. I think they have a chance to repeat. I don't think they're going to. Well, I don't think they have any chance. And you don't have, you're giving them zero. No, I don't think that they can get, I can think they can get out of the bracket. Well, you know what? I, I, I can't say that yet. Uh, they're going to have a new coach, so that certainly plays into it. But he's a guy who's been with them, so. I can't go there yet, and I don't – I'm pretty sure they're done. I mean, they re-signed Riley Barber today, so maybe Riley Barber gets a shot finally in the NHL. They still have a lot, and Samsonov has come over, and so that's the big question. Will he be the backup now for Grubauer? He just might, and they may not lose a step because of it. So Holpe, you mean, yeah. No, no. Yeah, back up to Holpe. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I don't think they've lost a step. I, I, I really don't. And they may get Brooks Orbrick back in the greatest contract laundering cap circumvention that we have seen since this new CBA because we all believed it was impossible for a guy to go back to the team that he was bought out from. But when you're not bought out from the team that you signed with, Apparently, you can go back. Yeah, they, that's a nice loophole they found there. It's good for them, and it's good for Brooks Urpik because he's going to double dip. Yeah, so we're all expecting him to go back. And, yes, congrats to all the double dippers like Jan Girardi and Brooks Urpik. Well, let me give you one more question here because right. this is a Flyer-centric podcast. The Metropolitan Division, when it's all said and done next year, and I know that everything's not settled yet, but if you're handicapping that division right now, can you can you rank it? Well, I mean, I still think – I think Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, ah, boy, Pittsburgh and Caps. Who's who's Columbus? Uh, I'm going to go Pittsburgh, Caps, Columbus, Flyers. Okay. And and that's where I think it's going to stand. I think that now John Tortorella has fired up Columbus (laughs) because of Jim Rutherford's remarks and Jack Johnson's remarks enough to really keep that that they really have. You know, it's funny. Who would have ever thought the Pittsburgh Penguins would really be their rival? But they sort of are, right? Yeah, geographically speaking as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think Torts is keeping that red hot, and I think as a result, that's how it's going to go. Uh, the Devils could could possibly surprise the Flyers only if they made that trade. If they didn't, I just looked at their roster. I don't think it's fantastic. Yeah. So you got to have you got Hall's got to do what he did last year again. That's tough. Oh, he would be. definitely have to, and yeah. you know, Zach would more. have to step up more, and and they would have to get a little bit more. They've got four sure. RFAs they've got to sign, too. Well, yeah, well, look at a team like Columbus, too. Their situation's a little bit bizarre because uh, Panarin said he's not going to extend, and they may have to deal him, and then Sergei Bobrovsky's going into his final year as well. Well, Who hasn't means, won a playoff series, by the way. I know. That's the most astounding thing, that he's a Vezina winner and he's never won a playoff series. Can we say that about any other previous Vezina winner? Probably not. He's a two-time Vezina winner, too, no? Yeah, he is two-time, and that's what I'm saying. Can we say that about any other guy that's won a Vesner? That, I mean, again, it's not all on him. It's certainly not, because if that were the case, I would blame Lundqvist for not having a cup, and I don't. But you know what I mean? Like, it's a strange situation. Uh, that team, because he's in a walk year, I think he will have a great year. Panarin will have a great year. They're not going to deal him. I, I mean, unless they miss the playoffs, I, I think they're just going to have to. They, they got the, 
the winning end of that deal. So I think they're going to just ride it out with him and and hope that they can really get far this year. Pierre Luc Dubois will only get better. They, you know, Sonny Milano can only get better for them. And he, I think he ended up still with like 12, 14 goals and very limited playing time for them. So there's still something that they can do with that team. And yeah, I think right now, unfortunately, I think they're still marginally better than the Flyers, but it's close. Okay. One last question before we get to James Van Riemsdyk. <laughs> the Chicago Blackhawks do anything to put themselves back in the playoffs? No. Well, that's a, it's a bizarre situation there, isn't it? It is. It's just like they're they they're really shopping. Like it's you know, no offense to Aldi, but it's like they're shopping at Aldi right now when they used to shop at like Whole Foods or Trader Joe. Yeah. You know that guy. That's really discount groceries. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> eventually, you pay the price, and they're paying it right now. Yeah, they're paying it heavy. Yeah, no kidding. Well, it's a shame. The, uh, the NHL is a, a better when Chicago's in the mix, in my opinion. One of those markets that, uh, you know, with the, the Madhouse on Madison, when that's rocking, that's good for the NHL. But uh, I sure. agree with you. I don't think that's going to be the case. And, you know, I know their goaltending issues were a big well, thing remember, last Corey year. Crawford's still technically not recovered from his, you know, upper body injury. Yeah, and they bring in Cam Ward to help steady that ship in his absence. Right. Yeah, I don't know Over. what that is. <laughs> on, on a very aging defense as well. Yeah. Uh, well, Russ, let's get to James Van Riemsdyk. We'll be back at it next week on the Stick to Hockey podcast. But here he is, uh, the Flyers' newest signing uh, this year, coming back home, if you will. He gets a five-year deal, seven mil per, $35 million. Good money if you can get it. James Van Riemsdyk on the Stick to Hockey podcast. James, how's it feel to be coming back to Philadelphia? Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, again, I think looking at uh, the team and the organization and stuff like that, it seemed like a great opportunity to, to want to join uh, something like this. So I uh, couldn't be happier about that. Uh, you had a lot of interest around the league. You know, you, you put in 36 goals last year in a contract year. It's good work by you. Uh, but you look at the situation, and I know you had upwards of 10 teams looking at you. What was the kind of the difference maker that helped you make the decision to return to Philadelphia? Yeah, I think, again, just looking at the fit, um, the players and stuff that they already have, the players that seem to be coming in on the way. I think, uh, again, the last uh, few years, I think kind of uh, the, the job that management has done is uh, putting the right people in place and, uh, again, identifying um, some uh, some good players to try to come in. I think, again, I like uh, kind of where the vision watch for that, and I want something I want to be a part of. Uh, there's some word on the street that uh, Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek each contacted you, I guess, to try and uh, to lure you back. Uh, how did those conversations go, you know, having played with uh, those guys before? Yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, pretty early on in the in the in the uh, week of, uh, I guess, the interview week, I got a text from uh, G, and it was a text of us uh, playing uh, a few years back, obviously. So that was pretty funny as that. And I chatted with him a little bit and chatted with Jake a bit and uh, stuff like that just to kind of get their, uh, their feeling on everything and uh, just pick their brain a bit. And that was very helpful. And, uh, again, excited to be playing with two guys like that. Uh, when you look at the team under Dave Hackstall and the style they play now, is that something that also kind of uh, made it intriguing to come back uh, to play with some good young players that play with a lot of pace, kind of what you're familiar to with the Leafs, and then uh, to be able to play an open game here and really have an opportunity to put a lot of pucks in the net? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, again, just uh, I think he allows guys to really use their hockey sense and use their brain to, to make plays. And obviously, again, you want to have some structure to fall back on, but I think he really lets the uh, let the guys kind of uh, read the game and uh, use kind of their uh, abilities to the best of their abilities. So, again, uh, that was a, definitely a, 
a key part of uh, thinking about that. Uh, I saw one of the other things that you cited was that when you were traded from the Flyers to Toronto uh, six years ago, that Ed Snyder contacted you uh, after you were traded. That kind of resonated with you, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, uh, when you're that young, uh, you, you have all these mixed emotions uh, about getting traded. Maybe there's a little bit of bitterness there, but after getting the call from him and uh, just what he had to say and just, again, thanking me for my time and, again, uh, everything that from last time I was there, it was first class. They want, they want to give the players every resource that they need to win, and that's what it takes to win nowadays. You have to be trying to find an edge in whatever different avenues it can be, and uh, the Flyers are committed to, to doing that and have been for uh, since the team's been brought there by uh, Mr. Snyder. So I think he really did a good job of setting the culture for that and uh, not accepting anything less than, uh, than winning, and uh, I think that really uh, – it's a great environment to, to come into. Uh, the James Van Riemsdyk that left Philadelphia after the 2012 season and then the six years in Toronto, what's the difference in your game? What's changed uh, in your game so much over those six years? Obviously, you've been short physically, and uh, you've had a lot of success in Toronto. It's not, not as if you went to Toronto and they were a good team all of those years. You suffered through some pretty tough years in Toronto mm-hmm. as well. But what's different about your game from uh, 2012 to now? Yeah, you know, and I think, again, when I first got to Toronto, I really got uh, a little bit more of an opportunity as far as playing a little bit bigger role, getting a chance to play a, a pretty big role in the power play, getting a chance to play some more minutes and that sort of stuff. And that's something I really embraced and uh, grabbed uh, the bull by the horns to some degree and uh, just wanted to run with that. So I think, uh, again, each year in the league, you kind of get a little bit more experience and you're able to grow uh, grow your game and uh, figure out what works and what doesn't. And uh Again, I think that's, uh, that's been the big key for me. I think uh, stylistically, I'm uh, pretty similar. Just a cerebral type player, skates well and has good offensive instincts and can make, uh, make plays in all three zones. But uh, I think, again, just being able to hone some of that stuff to, to find that more of that consistency. And, uh, um, again, having the approach uh, now, uh, again, of realizing what it takes to, to perform at your best every single day. Um, when you look at your, your power play numbers last year, 20 points on the power play, 11 of those goals, uh, you, you really did some good things on the man advantage. When, when you look at this Flyers power play and you, you got a guy like Claude Giroux kind of running it off the half wall uh, and Shane Gossespierre, uh, you that kind of the down low guy can clean up a bit if you're on that top power play unit. That's got to be something that's pretty intriguing for you. Yeah, definitely. I think again, there's. Uh, I think uh, there's going to be obviously some uh, some different sort of options that the the coaching staff will have to try to figure out how to best uh, work uh, everything out. But again, you like a lot of the skill uh, of guys up and down the lineup on the team that can uh, definitely help on the power play and stuff like that. So I think there will be some definitely some uh, good options, and uh, I'm excited to, again to to get started. Uh, again, you're hoping the season uh, can start uh, start today, pretty much. But obviously, again, you. Put your time in, and you get yourself ready to go, and uh, I couldn't be more excited to get started. Talk about the experience playing under Mike Babcock, uh, a guy who's had a tremendous amount of success both in the NHL, internationally, one of the best coaches in the world. Uh, what was it about Mike Babcock that uh, brought your game to another level? Yeah, you know, I think, again, when uh, when he got there, his attention to detail is uh, second to none, I think. Uh, again, he has a really clear idea of how he wants to play and how he wants his players to play. So I think, again, uh, just uh, having that structure to fall back on defensively, I think, was uh, really key. I think that's uh, when you really need that structure. Is so when you don't have the puck, you can get it back as fast as you, as fast as possible, so you can go play offense. So I think, yeah, when you're on the same page as all your teammates, uh, when you don't have the puck, that makes it harder on the other team to. To, to create offense and uh, again that, that was one of the key things I think about Babs is his attention to detail in that regard. 
Uh, when, when you look at uh, the city of Toronto and playing hockey for the Maple Leafs in Toronto, maybe a lot of people in the lower 48 don't understand exactly how intense that can be. Uh, that market is a, a rabid hockey market. And like I said, you went through some tough years there. But uh, as things started to turn around, uh, the market there had to be a pretty fun one to play in, no? Oh, for sure. I think, uh, again, like you said, it's uh, it's a sort of religion uh, up here for uh, the people uh, in, in the city of Toronto. And to be honest, probably all across Canada, it's, uh, you know, it seemed like uh, every, it's particularly every city in Canada we played and we would have more uh, more fans than the, uh, than the home teams in those games, even on the road. So that was, uh, again, pretty cool experience for me to be able to, to live through something like that over these uh last six years and again definitely uh, appreciative of my time uh, that I spent here. So when you made the decision to re-sign with the Flyers accept the offer, uh, what was the reaction of your parents? I know they were ecstatic. Yeah, oh yeah, they were thrilled. I mean, uh, my parents uh, again, honestly from my stint last time, they had a great routine down where they'd be able to shoot down and cut small skins and, and since then uh, my dad is actually retired now so uh, they got a lot more free time on their hands so I'm sure they're going to be uh, Tearing up the turnpike uh, to get down um, to get down for all the home games, so I know they're they're pretty uh, thrilled about that. Well, I know you're excited about the opportunity, and uh, it's going to be fun to have you back in town. A lot of people around Philadelphia, of course, said he should have never been traded in the first place. But you're coming back, and uh, I know everybody's excited. And uh, 36 goals last year. Um, you, hit, you hit a career high in that regard, and you averaged over 30 and a half with the Leafs over your time there per 82 games. Uh, I know people uh, are bringing some expectations with uh, with, with your arrival, but uh, that's something I'm sure that you've uh, uh, you're used to dealing with having played in Toronto. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think again, uh, I think I thrive under stuff like that. You like that little bit of that uh, external uh, pressure to. Again, it, bring out, it brings out the best in people, at least in my opinion. So, again, I'm excited for that. I love, uh, again, the, how much uh, the Philly fans care about their teams. And, obviously, again, it's an exciting time for Philadelphia sports. Uh, obviously, with the big season uh, that the Eagles have, the, the, the direction and uh, the, the, where everyone is trending uh, with the Sixers and stuff like that. And, um, again, it's, uh, it's an exciting time for sure. One last question for you. Uh, you played with uh, Austin Matthews, obviously, in Toronto. Uh, g- great young player. A lot of people have you slotted here to play alongside Nolan Patrick. What have you seen out of Nolan Patrick's game? Yeah, you know what? Again, I think uh, just to see the growth of a player, over, especially someone that's skilled over the course of a year. I remember, um, again, uh, playing him in, in the second half of the, of the season there. And, and again, just the, the stride that he took. And obviously, again, it takes some some time when you're a younger guy to, to figure it out what it takes to be successful at this level but obviously he's got a ton of skill and um, I'm excited to, to be on the same team as him so that should be a lot of fun Well James I know a lot of people around Philadelphia very happy you're returning and uh, best of luck training this summer it'll be here before you know it man we appreciate you taking time to do this Thank you I'm excited to get back